Good Monday morning, Patriot Radio News Hour. Happy Columbus Day. Doesn't really mean what it used to. Everything is open. Well, I don't know. I guess is school out. School may be closed. The banks, I think, are closed. No, I don't think school's closed. The the bond market's closed. Yeah, bond market's closed. Everything else is open. Banks are closed. Banks are closed. And, okay. And there's no mail. There you go. There's no mail. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is our toll free number. Of course, I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and that lovely other person that was Wendy. She's back from vacation, and and we all told her how much we missed her. He didn't really, but I know that he did. But but I had a great vacation. Um, I was in Colorado. John and I went to Durango, Colorado. And I can't tell you enough about it. Uh, wh- whoever lives there, you guys are blessed because it's just beautiful. And we had a great time. We really had a good time. And then we went to Painted Desert and Petrified Forest, and that was nice, too. And then we came back, and we got rain, and now I'm back at work, and that's the end of my story. Did you go to the Four Corners? Yes. Did you step on the, you know? Yeah, there's a little plaque there. That That's all it was. You know, and it was a little black. Farmington, New Mexico was kind of black. <laughs> kind of like a black town. Uh, but but we had a good time. You know, it was nice. The weather was gorgeous. Uh, leaves were changing in Colorado, and I hadn't seen that. See, let me tell you, we don't have leaves here. No, we don't. So, but we have green leaves. Yes. Palm trees. Palm trees. And, right, palm and, trees in the desert, and that's what we have. And, you know, uh, no... Cactus. You know, so you don't get that. No, you don't get that feeling of these big trees, which were really nice, really pretty. So Wendy wanted to come on and just say that. Yeah, I just huh. wanted to come on and say that and call me and say hi and buy stuff. <laughs> how you doing? Right. How you doing? And uh, it's a little chilly here this morning. You know what? It is. Yes. I think it has turned. I think it has turned. I'm, obviously, it's still going to get hot again, I, I, but I don't know if we'll get... Another triple-digit day. I don't think so, because it's only supposed to be in the 80s. Yeah, but, you know, before Halloween, we could get one more. But it, it's definitely the good time of year, getting real close. It's fall. I love fall. To, to the good time. So uh, yes. it is almost time. As a matter of fact, people are doing it. I saw them. They had jeans on, and people were wearing long sleeve shirts right, and because, sweatshirts. Because when, and, it gets, when it gets 70 here, we're like, yeah. we're really cold. So I turn the heat on. You know, Dad's like, just open the window. Yeah, right. Yeah, enjoy the... Yes, that's enjoy what, you know what? That's so funny. Sarah did the same first yes. time in a long time. Open she the had windows. The, the windows were open. The doors were open, letting the air in. Right. Fresh air. And, uh, but... Enough of the weather. There's the phone. So Wendy's got to get uh, get to answer. I guess people want to say hi. Um, wow. A lot, a lot, a lot of things have happened in the last 24 hours. You, I just, you never know. You know, you, you, you go to bed and you're thinking, okay, it's going to be a boring day and, and not a lot probably going to go on. It's going to be real light volume and all that other stuff. And incredible things we had things major announcement out of china in their currency and we'll talk about that uh developments more developments out of italy the imf now warning about spain and remember you know this is something where all of these things that they promised us they had fixed 
They really didn't. What they did fix was, you know what, hey, we got way too much debt out there, so let's lower the cost of it. See, and that's what happened when the Federal Reserve, and really all the central banks, because they did it all together, right? And this is another thing the world has never seen, which is these central banks now all acting in unison and all essentially trying to do the same thing, which is what? Keep the Ponzi scheme going. And when you lower rates, you cheapen debt, especially debt that what? That you have to roll over all the time and keep selling and, and adding to. And and now the, the debt uh, is getting more expensive and it is starting to put a lot of strain all over the market. Uh, gold's down, silver's down. The Dow's down almost 200 more points. The Nasdaq's down 100 more points uh, as all of these things are trying to play out. Remember, the, the, the thing that we have here is we got this good economy. That's what separates us from everybody else. The question is, how long is it going to last? And have we already seen the best of it? And we start talking about classic bubble tops, and we're kind of in, right in these. But today we're going to talk about, you know, I'll bring you up to speed. I'll let you know what happened in China. To, uh, well, I guess while we were asleep. I'll, we'll, we'll mention in Italy again, and, and now Spain now is next on the list. I'll tell you where their debt piles lie. Something to think about. You know, we, we, we talked about, we know about Cyprus, we know about Greece. Italy's debt, their debt to GDP, uh, and something we'll talk about as far as our debt to GDP as well, they would break a record for a country with the highest debt to GDP ratio that doesn't own a printing press. By the way, uh, Spain is the third biggest without a printing press. So we'll, we'll talk about that, who's on that list, and then we'll talk about what it is that the central bank, I, you know, at least trying to get in the minds of our central bank, how are we going to handle all of the debt that's coming up? We got, we'll talk all about it. Patriot Radio News Hour. Happy Columbus Day. And we'll be back right after the break. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. So what happened? What happened last night? That is uh, allowed for another uh, beatdown on Wall Street. This time, taking gold and silver with it. And it really was a three... Uh, so like a three-part attack. It started with the Chinese. Last night, the the Chinese in another... Listen, I keep saying it. This trade war thing is not going to end well, right? I, I don't think it's going to be uh, the Chinese, oh, hey, we're sorry, and... 
you know, we're going to be better now, and we're going to give you this great deal. Instead, what we at least have right now is uh, it, it being fought on two different levels. Obviously, the, what the Chinese can't do, they can't match us dollar for dollar on the tariff. Right? Because the, the simple fact is, we buy a lot more crap from us from them than they do from us. So here's how they've been fighting it. By weakening their currency. Why this would surprise anybody, I don't know. And essentially what it does is it limits the impact of the tariff. Last night, the uh, the Chinese uh, made a big announcement. Matter of fact, uh, they they talked about lowering right. They didn't talk about it. they lowered rates for banks. Then they talked about their currency, and they talked about devaluation and whether or not it was how should we say it planned or not planned. Right? Is it just the market being the market? Or are, the Jap- or are the Chinese setting us all up? And here's what happened. A major break in the value of the renminbi overnight. Remember when the renminbi, and it wasn't that long ago, you know, last 10 years, when their currency, when it took eight renminbis to buy a dollar, and everybody was screaming bloody murder about China being a currency manipulator. Right? And the Chinese, once they got added to the reserve currency, and part of how they got added is they took that number from eight and and got it below seven. And we said, you know what? You're being nice. Let's make you part of the world's reserve currency basket. You know, obviously, by the way, they got the biggest economy, so that kind of made sense. Even though I told you back then, that's a bad idea. Got all the way down. It was approaching six. So from eight to six, you know, that's a 25% move you know, making their currency stronger. Last night, they said they have no issue with the currency rising above seven. So you got to see now already, China's taken half of that, that, that I guess, strengthening away. Uh, matter of fact, right now, it sits at 6.94, which is the highest I've seen it, at least in this, since the trade war has started. Treasury officials have immediately come out. They said that further, the further the renminbi drops, the greater offset to U.S. tariffs, and the more likely that the Trump administration will impose even greater sanctions in the future. So, in other words, that now we're we're warning them, right? Steve Mnuchin. I guess that's his role. You know, I've always asked, what is he doing at these trade talks? Maybe now I understand, right? Again, we want to use the dollar as a weapon, 
And we're kind of getting that feeling, right, that the rest of the world is kind of sick of it. It sees China's monetary policy as specifically targeted to undermine the impact of Trump's trade war, including the manipulation of its currency. Now, I'm going to ask you this, and I get it. Because obviously, that's exactly what it is that they're doing. But I have a question. Isn't that what our central bank does? Right, when we lower rates and we bring rates to zero, isn't that what we were doing? Obviously, the Chinese are like, hey, you know, uh, this tariff thing's not great. We, we got we to gotta take measures. I'm not defending. I'm just pointing out. And again, I, I don't know why anybody's surprised. This is the unbelievable part. This is the part that really has me worried. And again, this is why we need to what? We need wealth insurance. Because this is why. What did we think they were going to do? I mean, did we really think that anybody really, and you know what, maybe some of them that they were just going to give in? And now we're going to be stuck with, listen, it's already... What is it? The second week of October. So we've got eight, maybe 10, 10 to 12 more weeks before January 1st. And, of course, on January 1st, those tariffs go up to 25%. And, and of course, you know, I'm just doing math. That 10%, I've seen what they do. I can imagine what they're going to do at 25. But neither here nor there, again, why do we put away? Listen, I want to believe it. I do. I want to believe that this is the best economy we've ever had. And I want to believe that the unemployment rate 3.7%, the best since 1969. Now, of course, for most of that time, we didn't calculate the unemployment the way we do today, right? If we did, if we compared apples to apples, we could not make the claim that the unemployment rate is better than it was in 1969. Can't make that claim. Matter of fact, the only claim we could make is the unemployment rate is more than double what it was in 1969. That's the real number. And that's the part that I find is amazing, right? We love to do what? We love to compare apples to oranges. Hey, you know what? Look how much better we did when it really isn't better at all. And then we start thinking about these trade wars, and we we see how people come out and talk about the most obvious answer seems to be the one that they can never come up with. So we had that happen. Then we had news out of Europe. Late last week, the Italians, and we've been talking about the Italians quite a bit lately, of course, now being Columbus Day, 
they had agreed. Now, here's what they wanted to do. Okay, and I know, and I'm going to make this uh, Italy's troubles for dummies because you know I'm not that smart. Italy isn't growing. They want to stimulate growth. Now, and again, when they talk about growth, they just know they they mean debt. Right, when we talk and we want to get the economy going, they want to get debt going. That's what that means. Because that's how we measure growth now, through debt. They wanted to run a budget deficit equal to 2.4% of their GDP. And of course, you know, you think about what we're doing, like we're at uh, like 4%. Right, and on our way to five and six. And since we have our own printing press, apparently, allegedly, we could run 3% debt to GDP and it'd be okay. When it's over three, we need to get worried, and, and unless it's now, and then let's not talk about it. Last week, they said to the ECB, okay, right, because the ECB did not like that. The European Union was like, no way, uh-uh, way too high. So they said, okay, we'll do 2%. That budget got rejected last night. Uh, and again, one of the things as I started off the show today that I told you, nobody has and, and, you know, you, you start really thinking about what is really happening out there. Nobody has a higher debt level than the Italians that don't have a printing press. Uh, right now, their debt-to-GDP number is over 140%. Now, I don't know what the number, a number, a good number would be about when you do have a printing press. All I can tell you is about when you don't. Greece didn't have one. Cyprus didn't have one. The Italians don't have one. By the way, third on the list. Oh, by the way, Greece is still second on the list. That's how much we haven't fixed anything. Then the Spaniards are third. What we don't know is when do we have trouble because we do have a printing press. And and my guess is going to be somewhere around 30 to 40 trillion is probably going to do the trick. So we've got about eight years, give or take. But here's what's starting to happen now. People are out there and they're looking at this debt and they're trying to figure out how all of this is really going to work. How can the central bank, our central bank, actually raise rates and not blow up everything? Because raising rates here, it's like the, the what would they call the butterfly effect. Raising rates here all of a sudden makes things bad somewhere else. 
And then that somewhere else makes it bad, somewhere else, and somewhere else, and next thing you know, this thing is spreading like wildfire. And so we, we sit there and we, we're trying to understand what it is that the central bank wants to do. If you go out to our website today, Ron Paul was on TV. And, of course, Ron Paul was talking about debt levels. He didn't want to give a time frame. But he said, don't be surprised if it's 2019. Talking about the Federal Reserve setting off another recession. And talking about all of the things, all of the bubbles that they've created. Now, you got to remember, we only had $400 billion debt in 1971. That's when we went off the gold standard, officially. In other words, and really, we were already off it, right? We didn't allow foreign government to get paid in gold anymore. And the reason was actually simple. We, didn't, we were running out. We had over 20,000 metric tons after World War II. By the time 1971 rolled around, we're down to eight. And they're like, oh man, we're gonna be out. That's how how much people were like, well, at the time, and at the time, gold was like 35 bucks. But everyone wanted the gold and not the dollar. I'm going to tell you why today, at 20, almost two trillion, why it's much different than 400 billion. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Those of us who know our history know that today is Columbus Day. You may be surprised to learn that the left is trying to make Christopher Columbus disappear from our history books and from our memory. The left is trying to rename the second Monday in October Indigenous People Day. In many schools today, Columbus is described as a malicious destroyer of Indians. He is blamed for a smallpox epidemic and for bringing slavery to the Americas. Sometimes his arrival in the Western Hemisphere is even described as genocide. Some sanctimonious liberals even take offense when we say Christopher discovered America, since thousands of people were already living here. All this is either total nonsense or extreme political correctness. The smallpox epidemic that killed so many Indians was tragic but unavoidable. They had no immunity to the disease, so the only way to avoid an epidemic would have been for the two civilizations never to meet. That was neither desirable nor possible. Columbus is not responsible for introducing slavery to America. Slavery was already alive and well among native groups. We all know that Columbus was not the first human to set foot in the Western Hemisphere, but opening it to the European continent was a really big deal and a huge turning point in history. The slander that is heaped on Columbus by the left wing is unhealthy for us as a nation. Columbus's voyage across the Atlantic Ocean is the point where our identity and history began. The expansion from Europe into the New World paved the way for democratic self-government. 
Columbus himself was an innovative, independent, forward-thinking, and enterprising risk-taker. Of course he knew the world was round, and he set out to prove it. That's the kind of character that built America, and the kind of character we cannot afford to forget. I think it's great that we honor Columbus with a national holiday. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Whether it's the vision of our founding fathers, the courage of our veterans, the moral compass of Christopher Columbus, or the fortitude of presidents like Lincoln and Reagan, the truth of history should not be undercut by liberal ideology. At Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, we honor history even as we look to the future. Join us at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. 800-951-0592. In the task that's in front of us, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, we all want the central bank to be able to figure it out. We do. I know some of you are like, well, no, we don't. I get it right. Obviously, listen, this central bank needs to go away. There's no doubt about it. And, and it will after everything collapses. At least I think it will. But in the meantime, I want them to be able to pull this off. We're going to raise rates enough that it doesn't hurt the economy. And we're going to have 3% GDP growth and the best unemployment rate the world's ever seen and 2% inflation forever. <laughs> and of course, inflation rate, devaluation. Rod Paul talked about it. He goes, man, it's incredible. They just made up a number, called it something other than what it really was, and call it success. And you got people out there on the idiot box day after day telling you how great inflation is. When has it ever been great for you to do absolutely nothing and have your money be worth less? I get up every day. I work hard at my job to provide for my family. And you're telling me that you want to devalue my efforts by 2% every single year. And then the sad part is, and then you lie about what the number is. I wish it was only, you know what, right now, this is how bad it is. Right now, I would take 2%. Hey, you know what? Let's go. Let's just be real. How about this? How about you take all the money I've ever given you for Social Security, just keep it. Just don't take any more from me, okay? And I'll fend for myself. I'm a big boy. I'm a grown man in an allegedly free country. I don't want or need your help. And by the way, let's calculate real inflation 
and set the rate at 2%, and that's it. That's all you can have. Can't have any more. I'd sign up for that in a second. They could never do it. Are you kidding me? You know how bad the economy would get if they don't have the ability to inflate the money? And you start thinking about what it is that's in front of them. They've never been able to do it. But why is it so much more dangerous now than it was in 1971? Because some people will say, well, they've done it so far. Deficit was $400 billion. Now you're telling me it's almost $22 trillion. Hasn't crashed yet. But it has. Right? In every facet of real measurement. Not made up ones, not 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 some uh, economic theory with some mathematical formula attached to it. The average American is now worse off today than they were in 1971. I mean, think about it. Nobody had credit card debt or student loan debt. I mean, an outrageous mortgage. Well, let's just use a median. The median mortgage was probably about 20 grand. Okay? Now you think about all the debts people have today. Then you look at what they make. And you start to have a very different picture of what they're calling success. Has it completely broken? Not yet. We've had what? We've had warning shots. You know, it's kind of like this. You know, a volcano. It doesn't just erupt out of nowhere. Or at least, well, at least usually it doesn't, right? It usually gives you what? Some warning sign, right? Some grumbling. And maybe uh, it'll let off a bunch of ash before the, the big explosion comes. Right? It's not like uh, an earthquake where we you don't really get a lot of warning. You get plenty of warning. And we've had lots of those. Lots. And every single time, they've come up with the same answer. More debt. More debt. More manipulation. Right now we're talking about two two and a quarter percent at a Fed's funds rate, and people are scared to death of three. And remember how this was originally supposed to work. You opened up a bank account. They gave you a toaster. (laughs) Right? I mean, they did. They gave you something. There wasn't any fees. Why? Because when you put your money in the bank, you allowed the bank to basically own your money. And they were going to loan it out and make even more money. 
And because we are so kind to do it, they pay us interest. Right now, they don't even do that. And besides, any interest you pay, you lose in fees plus some. But I want them to succeed. Unfortunately, I have history on my side. I do. Our own. Right? I can go back to 1913, 19... I like to only go back to 71 because that's really when things really got, you know, full fiat. Have they really created this great economy? Or did they create something far different? A debt-laden society that's set up to fail. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. So we're talking about why did we pick this system? Remember, our founding fathers didn't want this system. Matter, they put it right in the Constitution. Right? They they made it clear because one of the things they knew was you couldn't have, well, you limited the government's ability to become as massive as it is today. Let's make no mistakes about it. The only reason we quote-unquote got this great economy because we're spending a trillion dollars more than we take in. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, hmm, maybe, maybe, at least for a little while, things will be better. Right? <laughs> we just borrowed it. Don't worry about it. You know, the other thing, you know what you don't hear, too? What about the ki- children and the grandchildren? Remember how they were all upset about it? Now nobody seemingly cares. Right? This is how it happens. How do we get the bubble? Because of this. Everybody right now should be coming out on TV screaming and hollering about this is ridiculous that this is, you know, anywhere close to sound economic policy, but instead they don't. Ah, let's make the money while we can. We'll worry about it later. You, you go back from 1971 to 1981, the deficit yeah, most people, you know, they don't put it in those terms. It went from $400 billion to a trillion in 10 years. Of course, the interest rate was what? I don't know. Six, I think the Fed's funds rate was 16 and change. Could you imagine that today? A Fed funds rate of 16 and change. I don't even know what the deficit would be. Seven, eight, nine trillion. I mean, it'd be ridiculous. And then they they slowly started changing the math. They slowly started changing how we calculate things. And they 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 also passed what massive government spending. Right, and whether it's tax cuts or defense spending, infrastructure, 
welfare programs. It doesn't matter. Pick them, right? They're all part of it. Doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. They all want to spend the money just the same. You know, they spend it in different places, but they all want to spend. You know, one of the things I guess you could give Trump credit for is he was smart enough to say, hey, listen, I don't want to fight with these Democrats. They'll never approve me spending like this unless I give them everything they want, too. Which is how you get a deficit. How do you get a trillion-dollar deficit? You give everybody everything. And that's what we've done. So in 1981, the deficit was a trillion. Interest rates were high. Of course, we know, oh, we did the Reagan tax cut. We started with the Social Security Trust Fund, right? We just started growing government. Really, really big. And the deficit went with it. The difference was, the great trick was, they didn't have to count everything. Because they had the trust fund, Social Security Trust Fund, that they could pretend that, you know, that, that was income for them. They were supposed to save it, but they didn't. Matter of fact, in the original bill, most people don't know this, when they were making this a law, do you know how it got passed? Right at the last minute, they took out the provision at the that they couldn't spend the Social Security surplus. They took it out. Right? Then it, then it got passed. But one of the things, while well, the debt was blowing up this time, is the rates fell. See, in the 70s, the debt went up, and the rates were going up with it. Right? Didn't end very well. The 80, we spiked the debt, but we drove interest rates down. In the 90s, we kind of maintained, for the most part, and the deficit maybe went up a trillion dollars in the 90s, got to about five trillion. And then we started having problems. And you know this, the the Fed's funds rate never got high again, right? We never, we've never been anywhere close to 16% or even 10. Then the tech bubble blew up. And they lowered rates, you know, to like three. And then 9-11 happened. They lowered rates to about one. And by the way, you know those Clinton years when they talked about the great budget surplus, which really wasn't a surplus, but we'll call it one. A lot of that was just saving money on interest because of the 10-year note had gotten so low. And then, of course, Social Security Trust Fund, right? Don't forget that part. In the deficit since then, in the last 17 years, pretty funny. It's gone up a trillion dollars a year for 17 years. That's the average number. Here's the problem. That average number is going to double going to go to two trillion and really in the next eight years it's going to be three maybe more here's the thing that's really really scary 
scary about where we sit today. We've got everybody loaded with debt. And now we're having a problem, what? Supplying enough dollars to buy it all? Talk about that when we we return. Final segment. Final segment. Dow's down about 150 points. Uh, The Nasdaq's down over 100 points. Everything's down. Uh, Gold's down 15, 1186. Silver's down 32 cents, 1433. Uh, Not a lot of stuff out there. And, And again, it just seems like any type of pullback we get, Everything that was out there kind of disappears. We got U.S. twenty dollar gold pieces twelve ninety five. Uh, buy ten or more twelve eighty five. That's about the uh, the only deal I got out there right now at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Talking about the central, we want it to be successful. We do, but we already know this is a system that's designed to fail. They all go bankrupt. They all go to zero. And what happened? They all want to take on debt. Why did we want the central bank to begin with? Right? I know why J.P. Morgan wanted it. I know why the the Rothschilds wanted it. Why did other people? Because you know what they knew? We could run big deficits. Right? They love spending other people's money. And then they play this game, and they tell us how they've got it all controlled, and they've got all these tools in the toolkit, but then about every 10 years, they just change the rules. They change how they calculate things. They change how you're supposed to invest. They change this. They change that. Here's the next change that's coming. It'll wipe us all out. That's the next change. When? I know this. It's a lot sooner than it was when I started here 15 years ago. You know, when I started, the debt was still $5 trillion. It was over it was $5.4 trillion. It's $21.6 in change. Every three or four weeks, or sometimes every other week, the debt's jumped by $100 billion or more in a day. And it happens more and more often. And you really think that they have the answer? That they're going to somehow, there's a magic interest rate out there? Right? They, they, They created the magic inflation rate. Right? They said 2%. Now what is it? Well, you know... Maybe it's more, maybe it's less, probably more. But now now they've got a magic inflation rate number or a Fed funds number. There's a magic number out there. No magic number. There's no magic number for $22 trillion in debt. There's no magic number when you're adding... 1.5, 2, 2.5, 3, 3.5 trillion dollars of debt a year. That is not prosperity. There's a reason why 40 million people still on food stamps. 
There's a reason why 96 or 90, I don't even know. If the number keeps going up so fast, almost a third of the country's not in the workforce. There's a reason why the standard of living keeps declining. Here's the thing. You know when the next big decline's going to be? When the next recession comes. It's going to be a big one. How do I know? Because I got hit every, every time. That's what's happened. 50 years. Been gradual. I'm worried about the suddenly. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back tomorrow.